When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whew. Wow. Yeah. 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 This is life. I'll be the one to take the risk and go and I'll be the one to never sit and go and make the plan. Knowing my mother getting over now, I'm kind of time. Gotta keep a couple for the road or else get left behind. Yeah. To the hundreds, pledge allegiance, I stand. I'm going to pull forward in the fucking white sand. I give it all to the fucking white sand. If it's been done before, then I know what I can. I'm on the rise, I'm trying to keep a level head. She want my time, she begging me to give me net. I'd rather shed blood. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yo, what's the deal, y'all? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan, and this is another episode of the number one podcast in all of Los Angeles. Nice and neat. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing Yo, today, man? What's the dilly? Yo. You know, we got we got a lot to talk about. It's been a lot happening in LA. The last couple of weeks, um, especially with the passing of the rapper PNB Rock, mm. you know, just thinking about L.A. and we this is a home base for us and just thinking about what's going on and seeing what's going on. You know, I really wanted to check in with you guys. I wanted to see how you guys felt, see what you guys felt about the climate and what's been going on, um, how desensitized we've kind of been getting to these things and seeing murder and people dying and killing on the internet and on Twitter, on Instagram. This is the first thing you do. I was just thinking about how years ago, you would never open your phone up and somebody will send you a murder or a dead body. And now it's normal because it's now the conversation starter. And I know just speaking for myself, it's something that you kind of, People are dying every day. People are dying every week, and you're getting accustomed to it. And I don't, I don't, I don't want that to be the norm. And it's starting to become the norm. So I just, I wanted to say, man, I want to do a better job myself of being able to really go through the process of grieving rather than something just happening and you just go on to the next subject yeah. or the next topic. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I feel like we do have a duty to really really understand what's going on and feel and dive into those things that are happening. How do you guys feel about all this stuff happening, especially in LA? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. It's extremely tragic. You know, first and foremost, I want to offer my condolences to PNB Rock's family. You know, um, obviously they're, they're dealing with a very unfortunate situation. Um, I think it's sad. Um, and, and I, to speak to your point about, you know, you don't want it to become the norm. You know, unfortunately, I feel like it, it already is the norm. You know what I mean? People 
people, let's get even more specific, young black men are dying all the time. You know what I mean? In um, tough neighborhoods and odd places, you know, it's, it's becoming um, the regular thing for us. Um, as far as being desensitized, um, I would say that you're right too. You know what I mean? We see so many, it's so often that we open up the phone and we open up social and we're seeing unfortunate situations. But let's not even, let's, I mean, let's, let's be real. Like those things have always been thrown in our face. Mm -hmm. If you turn on the news, you will see unfortunate things going on all the time or all around the world, all around the country. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I do think it's unfortunate. I do hate, you know, being a California native. I hate that things like that continue to happen in, in our backyard, you know, just in the past four years, we've lost three musicians here in, 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 the, in the city, you know what I mean? So it doesn't seem like it's a safe place to be if you're from out of town or if you're flossing or whatever, you know what I mean? I think, you know, if you're gonna come to LA, you have to do your due diligence about, and your homework, you know, about where you're gonna be at, who you're gonna be hanging out with, where you're going, what time you're going there. You know, I, I, I think we are at a point where we can say it's not a game. You know, people are losing their lives out here um, over nothing. People are losing their lives over nothing, you know? And um, I think that's, that's the worst thing for me. You know, it's like, yo, this guy lost his life over some change. He lost, his, he lost everything over nothing. You know what I mean? And um, I, I hate to see that. I hate to see young brothers dying and I just hate to see our community suffering. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate that our community is doing it to each other. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, when I think about it, man, I just think about that. You're right, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and time and time again, we kind of go through these things and it's always, it always seems to just be in our community. Um, so obviously it hits harder. Um, anytime someone dies or someone's murdered due to, you know, street violence, gang violence, music violence, whatever it is, celebrity or not, it hits home, man, because, you know, these people, that are being gunned down, being robbed. These are people, are, they represent us. You know, they represent uh, our culture. They represent our friends, our future kids, right? And these are the environments that a lot of us, um, you know, grown up in, that live in. So we have to think about our safety, you know, and our livelihood. So it's unfortunate, man, it's unfortunate. And, you know, my heart goes out to everyone involved. And I can't help but think about all the people that you know, all the other people in his life that are alive now that have to are affected by it. They have to actually deal with, you know, what's happened. You know, I think no one ever thinks about that, but you know, those people are the people that are gonna grieve and hurt the most. And um, you know, if you've lost somebody, you know like that's not a it's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a it's not an easy thing to deal with. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate, right? And then like another thing, right, I feel like just growing up in LA, man, it's just it's just bad representation for the city. You know, I don't think I know a lot of people pride themselves on growing up in a tough neighborhood and you know street life and all that stuff. But like we don't we don't we don't get points. We don't get street cred. We don't get points for killing people. I think that's whack. You know, and I feel like we've been glorifying it as a community, as a culture. Like yo, like it's dangerous out there. Yeah, I grew up in the most dangerous city. And like this is real people out here and that's whack. That's whack. Because ultimately we're losing people, you know, and life is the most precious thing we have. You know? So when we I don't think anything, I don't think street credit is worth it. I don't think uh, you know, money, jewelry, I don't think none of that is worth it. 
you know, so it's whack, man. It's whack and it's unfortunate. So all we can do right now is just pray and and try to, you know, help the people in our circle, people around us make decisions to stay out of those environments. When you say stay out of those environments, always think about what can I do right. to to help me stay safe whenever mm-hmm. I either whether I'm in those environments or just to even stay away from those environments. I want to ask you guys as public figures, do you consider yourself being hyper aware of your locations at all times, your movements at all times and things that you're doing? And within being aware, if you are aware, what do you do in order to stay safe if you guys are in certain environments? Yeah, I don't think any of us, any, any of us are exempt. You know, a lot, we like to walk around and think that we're removed from everything dangerous, but you know, when you're a public figure and you're a black man, you're successful and you know, you try to stay out the way, like anything could get you. Mm-hmm. So none of us are exempt. Um, so I'm always thinking about what time I'm posting, where I'm like, where I'm posting. You post in real time? No, no, not real time where I'm at, no. So I'm always aware of that. I'm always aware of the surrounding. If I know an area is dangerous, I just avoid it, right? I'm not someone that is loyal to the streets or loyal to danger or feels I I need to validate my, you know, you know my, you know who I am, my character by still being associated with people that can be dangerous. I'm not someone like that, right? So I look at every scenario and say, yo, is that safe for us? Is that safe for me? Uh, do I need to go there? And if I feel like I can't, I will avoid it. Because at this point in my life, we can avoid a lot of places that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of we're grown right now, so we're not, um, you know, restricted to a certain school zone. And growing up in the neighborhood, we got to walk to school. A lot of us can kind of control the places that we go. So I'm always conscious of that, right? I'm conscious of what I'm wearing. I'm conscious of, like, what time I'm going to the gas station. I'm conscious about who I'm with, like, all of that stuff, right? Uh, so I try to do whatever I can and just keep myself out of that, um, you know, just any, any out of any danger, you know? And I know a lot of times... People think that, yo, I'm not in a space or place right now. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's danger around me. But you just never know. Yeah. You just never know, so. Yeah, I'm super hyper aware you know um i'm definitely not posting in real time if i post anything about where i'm at i've came and went mm-hmm. i've already came and went you know what i mean um i've also i also am hyper aware because i have a home right so like i don't want people knowing when i'm gone you know that's like the ultimate setup you know what i mean on top of that i've actually been robbed at gunpoint you know what i mean i've experienced um just like being in total fear, you know what I mean? And like not knowing what was gonna happen the next second, you know what I mean? And that's not a, 
a feeling I ever want to experience ever again in my life. You know what I mean? So um, to add to Duke's point about avoiding certain situations and being aware about situations and, and places to go and people to be around. Yeah, I'm on all of that. You know what I mean? Even, you know, I'm cautious, bro. <laughs> I was walking by your house the other day and somebody kind of just pulled up to park and uh, I had my headphones on and I could be exaggerating. I felt like they kind of pulled up like, Skirt! Mm. you know what I mean? I, I felt like I heard that though, right? And just because of my experiences, man, I like not only did it like, it startled me, it made me jump and I turned around like, okay, what's happening? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I, I my experiences in my life have caused me to act like that. This dude was just parking his car. Yeah. You know what I mean? But certain things in your life make you hyper aware and make you um, realize or make you make you be very aware of not making the same mistake that you've probably made in the past. So for me, man, um, and then also I learned from other people's mistakes too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are so many other public figures, artists that have been around that have, you know, that we could tell a story about that they've posted where they're at and, you know, it's led to their demise. You know what I mean? So I think we all should be hyper aware, you know, as much as we want to let people know what we're doing and how we're living and how, how what kind of fun we're having, you know, you got to have some type of discretion with that. You know what I mean? You got to be, all right, well, I'm here with all my friends and we're all out. Cool. I don't need to post it right now. You know what I mean? It's still gonna have the same effect if I post it tomorrow, whatever. You know what I mean? So I think we all need to just have more awareness around what we're doing, where we're going, what time we're moving and all of those yeah, things. Do you think that Pertaining to this situation, though, are enough people talking about what actually happened and street violence and gang violence, that being the catalyst and the problem, that being the main thing? Because I feel like a lot of people are, are kind of bypassing that and saying, yo, that's the situation. Here's what you need to do about it, right? And just going to like, hey, here's how, like, People are so focused on what they could have done or he could have done to keep himself out of the situation, but not even addressing keeping the same, keep giving the same energy to what actually happened. What do you think about that? I'm glad that you say that because now we could dive into L.A. a little bit better. So this is going to the history of L.A. Gang banging. L.A. is known for just the home of gang banging. It's just so I would say the reason why I say that there's a fascination with it. There's a fascination with our hoods as well. Mm -hmm. So let's let's kind of talk about the situation a little bit more in depth in the area of the Roscoe's that he was at, just to let you guys know who are watching, this isn't the, the location of the world famous Roscoe's that's in Hollywood that you guys probably know of, you heard of, you've seen, it's not that area. Um, there's multiple Roscoe's locations mm -hmm. and this Roscoe's locations was specifically in South central, which is on the East side of Los Angeles, which the only people who were really there are people who were born there, and a lot of people who, and if you couldn't get out, you just couldn't get out. It's one of those places. Uh, it's in the center of five different hoods, Bloods and Crips neighborhoods. So it's very dangerous, extremely volatile in that neighborhood. You're not over there if you're not from there, typically. Or you haven't, quote unquote, I'm sure you guys see videos circulating, you haven't checked in, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and what checking in means, if you guys don't know what checking in means, one of the heads of these gangs that, that are in those neighborhoods, you let them know I'm in town. Mm -hmm. Some people might be getting extorted. 
but their safety is on the line, so it might be helping them. Or they just may be a part of that neighborhood from a different place, mm-hmm. right? From my understanding, a lot of people who are in hip-hop are from the hood. So a lot of people like to go where they feel like they could feel comfortable around other people in the hood. But when you haven't actually made your presence known and people don't know you there, you can't just show up in their hood and do certain things like that. And like you said, you show up and you're wearing jewelry and, you know, and we're talking about the issue at hand. You know, unfortunately, the reality of it is somebody lost their life. But also talking about the reality of of the location, talking about the reality of the situation. This is the hood, mm-hmm. the hood. Mm-hmm. This is that. Right. This area is known one of probably the only projects in all of L.A. This area is there. And when I say projects, I mean projects. I do community outreach in this area once a year. And, you know, it's 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 hard to get out of this place. So with that being said, this is the location that this happened. And, you know, I understand that he was a father and I feel like it's it's as a father. I'm not a father yet. I haven't been able to get to that point yet. But as a father, I feel like my one job is to get home every single day, whatever that looks like. Whoever says whatever they want to say about me, my job is to get home every single day. And, you know, it was an attempted robbery and, you know, he fought back. And unfortunately, he lost his life because you of saw it. the video. There's a video out. There's videos of you it. Saw the video. I seen a video of it. I haven't seen the video. So, um, based on the video, though, what, like, do you think that there's anything he could have did to save his life? Based on the video, uh, from the witnesses, mm. along with the video, because you know the video doesn't just show it from right. beginning to end. Video more so shows him after he's been shot, mm. and the witnesses saying what happened. Mm. Based off of what the witnesses said is it was a robbery gone bad. Essentially, yo, he was getting robbed. He began to fight back, and that's when he got shot. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, he was wearing his jewelry. He had, I'm assuming, thousands of dollars. I'm not going to put a dollar amount on it, but thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. And, you know, once you begin to fight, fight back and somebody has a gun and they have you at gunpoint, they're pretty much going to use it. It's the middle of the day inside of a location. And, you know, it's extremely unfortunate just even just thinking about it in my head. I, I couldn't imagine being in a position to where that was happening to me. You know, I don't know if he just reacted, you know, seeing a gun in his face. It's just like, yo, maybe his reaction to get home was to fight back. Mm. But it, it's, it, it's, it's extremely unfortunate. And like you said, just talking about what happened, those are the things that happened. Those are the people that live in that neighborhood, people who have never been out, people who have never been to, we'll just call it 25 miles away to the valley, yeah. never seen the beach, yeah. and they live in Los Angeles, California. And these are people who are just trying to get out. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that, I don't know what his, his government name is, right? But do you think that he was fighting back because of his ego associated with PNB rock. Right. That's a good question. Right. Cause yeah. maybe it's cause if I don't know what, again, I don't know what his, his government yeah. name is, but whatever his government name is, I'm pretty sure he wanted to give up that chain. You know what I mean? That, that guy didn't want to risk his life. You know what I mean? But he's out, he's out in the public eye. He's PNB rock. You know what I mean? Now I don't listen to his music 
well enough to know exactly what he'd be talking about in his music. But if he's betraying this, this uh, gangster persona, you know, in his raps, you yeah, know, that has something to do with it. It may, it may, it may make him feel like, man, I gotta, def- I have to fight for my shit right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when you say, it, who asked the question? Is there something he could have done that you asked? Yeah, maybe it could have been. I mean, I'm just asking. I'm kind of just throwing it out there. Like, do you guys think that that had anything to do with it? Because could he have made a better decision by not using his ego in that moment? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it probably did. It probably did. But you just have to chalk it up to like not just him thinking he's PNB Rock, but just him, just everything. Yo, I'm a black man. I'm successful. I just, you know, my girl's right here. My girl, yeah. Like, you know, yep. probably not because he's just uh, who he is, but just because a lot of things that he's learned through his life. Uh, but I just feel like it's not worth it, man. You no, know, it's, it's no, like no, not. no. I think that no, no chain, no chain is worth your life. You know, because now you're not here, but your people's is the is the ones that got to deal with it. Yeah. You know, and I think that like I always try to tell, and this kind of goes back to a conversation we were having in season one about decision making. Right. It's not your fault you got shot. It's not your fault you got robbed. It's not none of that is your fault. Right. But when you're in the situation, you have. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. You have to make a decision to save your life. Yeah. You got to make a decision to say, you know what, man? I need to live. I ain't seen one person that could outrun a bullet. Man. You feel me? I ain't seen not one person that could outrun a bullet. And I think that this, this you're talking about ego, you're talking about pride. It's like you're trying to be so hyper-masculine that, yo, we, we can't even give up something that is really meaningless at the end of the day to save our life mm-hmm. and to save. I don't, I don't really know what happened with, with the girl that he was with, but she could have got harmed too. Yep. You know, unless like, God forbid, her get harmed, then it's just like, that's another decision that you have to think about, mm-hmm. you know? So stuff like that happens, man. And I think that a lot of that kind of comes from us trying to champion the tough guy, you know, or the, the rapper from the streets that doesn't take anything from anybody and that is, is, is championing the guy that guys can't run up on, right? That's where it comes from. But what happens is now somebody lost their life and it's not worth it. And that's another statistic on the sheet, mm-hmm. you know? And we talk all this stuff about how we want to thrive and we want to survive and we want to, you know, leave legacies and all these things. But the actions that were, you know, the small actions that, that, that require us to do that, we're not taking them. You know, that's a serious thing. So uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this right now or watching this and you're, and you're a young black guy, you know, really think about your life, man. Seriously. <laughs> so really think about your life and, and really think about, you know, when you're on harm's way, you want to try to make the decision. Mom always told me if you're ever, ever, ever in a situation where, you know, it's, it's an object or your life, always choose your life. Because an object you can get more of. The object you can replenish, you know, you can get it back, but you can't lose, you can't get your life back. So you got to think about that, man. You got to think about that. I want to ask you guys, in considering 
it's been multiple musicians that have lost their lives in Los Angeles. It's been from from history, historic historic numbers. It's been multiple people who have lost their lives in Los Angeles. I was gonna. I want to ask you guys. Do you guys consider L.A. just a very dangerous playground? Absolutely. Absolutely. You just said we, we are no. We are known around America. I mean, maybe around the world for gang violence, for gang activity, for just gangs, bro. You know, no other other people around the. I mean, there are other dangerous places, communities, cities. Um, around the country, but I mean, none over a color, none over a rag, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you could, you could easily just be um, assumed to be the wrong person and find yourself in, in a bad situation based off of, of a t-shirt that you wore. You know what I mean? That doesn't really happen anywhere else in the country. You know what I mean? So I think this is a dangerous place. It's also a place where, you know, people come here and they shine. The stars are here, so which means there is money here. There's money here. There's always going to be opportunity for people to rob, steal, and kill. So yes, it, I, I think it is a dangerous playground, you know? It's our home, so like, and we're native to it, so we know how to navigate for the most part, you know what I mean? But we, even we could still find ourselves in compromising situations, you know what I mean? And we're from here, so I think it's a dangerous place. Yeah, I think everywhere is a dangerous place. You don't think I, L.A. I is more I dangerous? I don't even assume it's more. I think everywhere is a dangerous place, so I, I don't that. even. I feel that. I don't even play. Everywhere right? got a, so everywhere way, got a hood. Yeah. Everywhere yeah, got something everywhere, dangerous. Everywhere is dangerous, so mm-hmm. I take the same type of urgency in everywhere I go. And precaution. Straight right? up. I don't, I don't, you know, and I, I like, you got to respect the environment. And, you know, you got to not underestimate the environment. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, I got to take that kind of, you know, caution everywhere because being black, you know, I can't take my skin off. Mm. I can't, I can't change this. And just by default, I'm already in an environment just by default that is just more dangerous for us. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I, even if I wasn't raised like that, that's just the culture in the community, right? Now, which is not a good thing, but it's still me understanding that. So I take the same type of, uh, you know, caution, and I try to be aware of it everywhere I go, you know, so that's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, I, what, I, you don't, you, before, hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't think L.A. is a dangerous playground? Do I not think L.A. is a dangerous playground? Do you think it's a dangerous playground? I think I'm kind of on the side of, of Duke, but I will say this. I think everywhere is dangerous, but I will say the interesting thing about L.A. is within the discrepancy between people who have money and people who have nothing, they still both have access to each other. So I think that's a part of what makes LA so dangerous. So like how you saying there's stars, yeah, here, right? You have stars and people with money and then you have the gang life as well, right? Where they know where everybody that are stars hang out and uh-huh. where they're at and where they be at. And I think that's what really helps make LA dangerous. I mean, from a year round basis, our weather as well, like, it's not like it ever drops below 30 right. degrees and it's like, okay, I'm not going outside to commit any crimes right now. Right. You know, you got 65 degrees plus every single day of the year. You know, you got more access to to moving around and doing things as well. So it's a lot of, you know, it's a, LA, LA is a lot of home invasions. Yeah. You know, it's a home, home of flocking. You know, that's, that's, those are the things that happen in the streets out here. 
luckily, being from LA, we understand it a little bit more, so we know how to navigate a little bit more. To sometimes we actually can become blind to what's really happening mm -hmm. because we don't frequently visit those places. You know, if I didn't if I didn't grow up in LA and I still moved the same way that I did, I probably would have never seen a gangbanger. And I would be like, LA is not that bad. But the fact that I grew up here, these people, some of these people are my friends. You know, some people gangbang because that is that was the better life for them. Mm -hmm. And gangbanging, everybody's not a killer. That's a gangbanger. Everybody doesn't hold guns. That's gangbangers. That's not what it is for everybody. Like sometimes that's just the neighborhood that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. So I do want people to understand that as well. So there, there is there is so much to learn about gang life that we wouldn't ever be able to unpack completely in this episode. But I will say that does violence exist in Los Angeles heavily? Absolutely. I do agree. I do believe that it exists, you know, and with that being said and understanding that that is a reality in the in understanding that that's a reality. There's a certain way that you have to abide by the code of the city. So in the first half, we we're talking a lot about just what L.A. looks like, kind of kind of how to navigate and maneuver through the city. I want to go into some preventative things and what that looks like. And I want to start off with social media mm -hmm. and how we're talking about not dro necessarily dropping our location. And, you know, outside of just dropping your location of where you're at, I want to ask you guys before we get into the full the full embodiment of social media. Do you guys look at social media the same way we looked at it when it first came out? And I'll give you an example. When social media first came out, how we looked at it was, you know, I'll share a couple of pictures of me and my family, you know, maybe a couple of pictures of the fit that I got on today. And now social media has fully transitioned because we're just talking about photos there. Social media has fully transitioned to I can show you exactly what I'm doing live up to the second. Right. And with people being able to show people what they're doing live up to the second, sometimes we forget that it's people who may not, who, who, who may be watching us, mm -hmm. who may be looking at the things that we're doing. And how important is it for not only you to not do that, but the people around you and the people that are in your life and your girlfriend and your friends to not be showcasing what every single move is that it is that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I think that's been an ongoing struggle within my personal relationship, you know what I mean? Because you have certain experiences in your life, you know, and they make you feel or react a certain way, right? And then you try to convey that message to your partner, right? And try to get them to understand, like, why you are actually thinking these ways, you know what I mean? And if that person hasn't necessarily had those same experiences, it may take a little longer for them to understand what you're really trying to get across. You know what I mean? So I've had situations where I've been like, I, if I post, I came and went, but Candace has posted, you know what I mean? And so I think you have to just do a very good job with your partner of constantly reminding them like how you feel about certain situations. For us, people like us, we're public figures. You know what I mean? We have to move a little bit differently, right? So like we could still show our process and the fun and all those things, but let's just not do it in the moment. You know what I mean? And that also is like some game too, because fellas, it's like, yo, telling my lady, yo, I'm just trying to live in the moment, you know, right now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to experience us, you know what I mean? And to be honest. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. Lately, 
it's actually, it's actually caused Candace to be like, damn, I didn't get any content. But I would literally ask her like, well, did you enjoy yourself? And the answer is always, I had a, an amazing time. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, I battle with that with my partner, with Candace. You know what I mean? And, you know, she's coming around. But I think I, I'm just a, a lot more self-aware because of my personal experiences. You know what I mean? On social media and with my presence. You know, that's kind of like where I stand with Yeah, it. I think we're self-aware just because the na nature of just being a man. Mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of what it is. Uh, we have to be a little more protective, be a little more aware of what's going on because if anything happens, it's going to fall on us to kind of keep us safe. So um, a lot of times, just it, in, in pertaining to what you just talked about, our women are going to kind of be a little more free mm -hmm. with what they're posting because like, if someone run up on us, they're not going to have to do nothing, for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but I do think that, you know, everyone in the circle should be aware, right? And before we even dive into this, because I know a lot of people are talking about, we're talking about, we're still talking about this PNB rock thing. Be before we dive into this, a lot of people are online and um, they're killing, killing his girlfriend for posting the location of where they were, right? Um, so, so everything we're saying is not to, to throw fuel on the fire, but it's to just give a little insight to prevent it from happening in the future to anyone that's going through the same thing, right? Um, so I think that there's always there's always coaching and, and guidance that needs to happen in order for us to, you know, thrive. Mm -hmm. And yes, the the people, the robbers, yes, they were wrong. Yes, that's a situation that we need to address. Yes, that's a thing that. Uh, we need to continue to to fight gang violence. But then there's other factors that we still need to address because we want to be able to equip ourselves with the knowledge and the practices to keep us alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that could look like, hey, yo, I'm in it. First of all, that could look like not going to this dangerous neighborhood. But since I'm here, let me not wear all this jewelry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That can be that too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that can also be, hey, we're here in this dangerous neighborhood. I got this jewelry on. Let's not tell people we're here, mm -hmm. right? So these are all things that are practical things that can help you not get killed. Mm -hmm. Is it your fault you got killed? Absolutely not. We know that. Is, is it her fault that he got killed? It's not her fault. It's not his fault. But there's, there's things that could have went down that could have helped the situation. And it helped, like... No, it, it it allowed them to get out of there alive, you know, and that's what I, that's what I'll be. That's what that basically that's what I'm saying right now. Um, so yeah, everyone, everyone around you should should be aware, but that has to start way before you get in them situations, mm -hmm. right? Th those things have to be habit, right? You can't re you reiterating, hey yo, not right now. Let's wait, right? Don't post a location, like let's wait, you know, and not being so. Um, so pressed to show the world what we're doing because that ultimately she probably didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just such a, such a routine thing that she did all the time mm -hmm. that she didn't realize it, you know? And now also we got to understand that, yo, there's actually like our social media, a lot of times we post in our social media, we post with the intention that this is for us. We want to see the engagement come in. You know, we want to see like, we want to just people to talk about, but there's people on the other side of that receiving the content mm -hmm. and, and and we have no idea who is seeing who is or reaching. what their intentions are we have no idea so we always got to be 
um, we always got to assume that there, no matter how many people love us, there are pockets of people that wish us harm, mm-hmm. right? There's people that will do us harm, mm-hmm. right? So we have to assume that, and that's going to help us, uh, you know, stay alive. Yeah. Dude, you said coaching. I wanted to ask because in a couple of interviews that I've seen of him, of PMB Rock, he had said that his girlfriend was unaware of a lot of things before. They've had a situation where he was in the Fairfax district and he was shopping and he felt like somebody was watching him and, you know, he said he felt like his girl wasn't aware. And both of you said that in your relationship, you had to bring, you have to coach your girl to understand through experiences or prior to experiences. What does some of that coaching look like? Because as you said, you have over, you both of you have well over hundreds of thousands of followers. I know he had over over 2 million followers. And like you said, people are watching you and people might not always have the best intentions in the midst of you wanting to show them like, hey, yo, I'm I'm in L.A. It might have been just a, I'm in L.A. It don't got to be I'm specifically at Roscoe's, but like I'm in L.A. and I'm having a good time. Let me see how my fans engage with me. What does that coaching look like for your, you and your partner? Is it through experiences or is it conversations prior to it? Well, our, it comes from our experience and, and other people's experiences. We watch enough TV, watch the internet enough. <laughs> we understand this is not the first go around. We understand how it goes, you know, and as you level up in life and as you become more public and as you become, you know, someone that people are looking to for whatever it is your craft is, your awareness has to heighten as well, you know, and coaching and I'm not saying like coaching your girl. I'm just saying, yo, like this is how we should move in general for everyone mm-hmm. around us. Not just your girl. It could be you, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't matter. Like, hey, yo, we're filming in this location right now. We can't tell people where we're filming. Are we street guys? Do we have beef with people? No. Nope. We don't have no beef with people. Are people looking for us? I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that I should still be careless with what I'm posting mm-hmm. because I just don't understand. I don't, under, I don't, I don't know the intentions of people, yeah. you know, and coaching is just like, Hey, yo, yo, very specific. Hey, yo, like, just wait, wait, don't post that yet. Mm-hmm. Don't post that yet. You know, and you have to be okay with saying that, you know, don't post that yet or, or just wait, or maybe post that tomorrow. You know what I mean? Or don't let people know where we're going to be. All right. So, if we, if you and I are going to the club tonight or tomorrow, I'm not gonna post. Man, I can't wait to be in Greystone tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't post that because now I'm giving people. I'm giving people. I'm telling people where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they can make plans. And it's just like it's just like you have to always. We just as black people, we have to always assume that we have to always assume that you know people are watching. And we got to protect ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a sad thing to say, but we do got to protect ourselves. Yeah. And that don't just come from just being able to fight and being able to, uh, you know, be aggressive. That comes from how we thinking. That comes from how we, you know, staying out of situations. Yeah. Okay. That's protection. So going back to the situation where you're saying how you thinking, how would you have handled the situation if you're in the same exact situation? I would have gave up my jewels. Give up the jewels. I would have given up my jewels. It wouldn't have really been a hard thing for me to do. Again, you're speaking to someone who's already experienced something like this in his lifetime. You know what I mean? So, for how me, did you handle it in that situation? 
Did you I, give up what they came for? I gave up everything. That, I gave up. I gave them what they wanted. I gave. They didn't. They didn't get what they wanted. But you know what I mean. What I here take it, take it. You know they assumed something was something. They assumed a bag a bag was a bag of money or it wasn't. You know what I mean. But they took it, take it. You know what I mean. I was willing to give up anything at, in that moment. You know what I mean. All I cared about was my life. I literally. You know what I mean. And I wasn't even thirty. I was twenty two years old. You know what I mean when this happened to me. So. No, I mean, that happens to me. I'm going to cooperate. You know what I mean? It's not worth me losing my life. It's not me endangering my woman's life or even endangering anybody else around me. You know what I mean? We're in this close proximity inside of a restaurant. Anything can happen. This shit could go. This shit could go really south. You know what I mean? It could get really bad if, if I don't do the right thing. And I mean, luckily, you know, no one else was hurt in that situation. But that could have went really bad, you know. So for me, I'm going to give it up because whatever it is, what material, anything materialistic, I can get back. I may not be able to get it back tomorrow, but I could get it back. I promise mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I've acquired it once. I could acquire it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's just where I stand with that. It's not worth my life. I, I feel like I have so much to live, so much to offer. And I'm just now reaching my potential. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, if I were to end it now, man, I, over me not giving up something, man, I... That's not something I want on my family's conscience, you know what I mean, my friend's conscience, anybody in my circle, man. Like, I, I hate that that happened to him, man. I really would have loved to see him give up, you know what I mean, what he had. Yo, I know we're talking about PNB Rock, but this ain't about PNB Rock. No. Nah. This is about something much bigger than, it's not, a, it's not about the situation. This is about just like our livelihood mm -hmm. as a community, right? So it brings me to the thought though, right? And this is probably like an age-old question. When you make it, should you just like stay f as far away from the streets as possible? Or should you try to reach back and pull people forward and still try to, um, you know, improve your community however you can? You should reach back and pull forward from where you're at. And you should try to improve your community from where you're at. Hmm. Once you get out and you make it, you gotta leave. You have to separate. We can't, we can't continue to walk around with this survivor's remorse. You know what I mean? You help from where you're at. And I pull, I reach back and pull forward from where I'm at. I don't need to go back to reach back to pull them. Nah, man, I, I got a situation here. I'm gonna create opportunities here and y'all come meet me here. Yeah. But I can't go back there and meet you. You know okay. what I mean? At this point, some people are happy for my success. A lot of people are happy for my success. There's a lot of people who are jealous and envious of my success. Mm. You know what I mean? And who would gladly take me out for $2,000, $5,000, $10,000. You know wow. what I mean? Let alone 20, wow. 40, 50. You know what I mean? It's people that knock you off for $2,500. So what about the, the, there's a narrative, right? That says, okay, you know how um, someone will say, What's up with all this black on black crime, right? People lean into that, right? But then other people will say, well, of course it's black on black crime because when you're in the same proximity as someone else, the crime is gonna be with those, those people, people, right? So how much of that should we embrace and rely on, right? Or should it be, or is that an excuse for us to still be doing each other wrong, I should say. Is the narrative on black? Nah, nah. So, so the narrative is that the pro proximity is why there's black on black crime, mm -hmm. right? 
So it's like, we shouldn't really, no. it's not really a problem. No, no, that's not the reason why we're having black on black crime. The re it, it will be crime regardless. The reason why we're having it is because we have a lack of resources. That's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. We have a lack of resources. We have a lack of options. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To make something happen for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you see somebody, if you don't have nothing, if you, you can't buy a can of food and you see somebody who, over there next to you who has $100, where it's like, I need some of that. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I know it's easy to paint the narrative of black on black, right? Mm -hmm. But that shit would happen no matter who it is. You know what I mean? It's, bro, we don't have any options. So I have to create some, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think that's where, what it comes down to, is us having a lack of resources, not the narrative of black on black. Because if it was, if those black people, or let's just say there are other people in, in this um, low economic community, you know what I mean, that aren't black, they get, they subject to get robbed too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're gonna be a victim soon. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just being in that area. It's it's the environment, not not necessarily the people. It's yeah. the environment. You know yeah. what I mean? Lack of resources. And I agree with the lack of resources. I also want to say this: black on black crime is actually a thing, but it's not a thing just because you're black and I'm black and I want to harm you. It's I know what because my lack of experiences in any other culture, anything else, I know what it looked like. I know what it would look like if I was, if I had money, I know what I would be doing if I had money. So I now look for that in me. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at a black dude that's going to have the earrings, the watch, the necklace, the whip, the clothes, the shoes. Like, okay, because I would do that same exact thing if I had money. Bingo. That's who I'm looking for. We might... Other cultures, money money looks different, but I'm sure if it was somebody who was walking around with the chain, I don't care what his skin color was, if he was walking around with the chain, the shoes, the clothes, the whip, it's, it's going to be the same exact, the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just when we know what something looks like, that's what we're going to go and attack. Yeah, that's just that's that's where I think the black on black comes from. It's not, it's not. Oh, I want to go get a black guy. It's just, I, this is what I know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. This is what I know success looks like. This is what I've been taught success looks like from my ancestors, my black ancestors. This is how I look at success. This is how I would do success. That's what I'm going after. So that's why it looks like that. I mean, Steve Jobs could walk through the neighborhood all the time. They probably think he was selling papers, newspapers. It, would, it, just, it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't translate to say like, yo, this is one of the richest guys in the world, you know? Makes me ask a, an interesting question. Do you think Steve Jobs would ever get robbed going to that Roscoe's? Knowing he doesn't have chains on him, but he got millions of dollars in his pocket. No. 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 Why not? Because they don't know who he is. They don't know who created that. that. Yo, but, but they no. also, okay, but let, let's be real. They didn't though. know who he was. Let, oh, okay. Let's be fair, right? Yep. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who knew PMB Rock was, right? But they probably didn't know who he was. They probably didn't know who he but was. I know what success looked like for me as a black person. And as a white person, I don't know what it look, I don't know what it looked like. It could look like anything. It could look, I don't know. But what I it also like. know that I also know that yo, if I rob another black person, I probably yo, I probably get away with that. Mm. Hey yo, like the way society views them, I probably get away with that. That's a possibility, mm. right? You know, people was fearful to rob white people. Because if, if it was the case, then like all these gangs would be going at the cops. All these gangs that be doing all this, all these gangs that be killing black people. 
Like, we just want, they'll be going at the cops for killing black people. Yep. But everyone, they know, like, I can't mess with white people. So I'm mess with black people. Why'd you say cops? Why cops? Because I said cops because I thought about a, a specific reason why someone, like an extreme reason why someone would go after a white person. Right? So, like, a cop that kills a... Um, an uh, unarmed black kid, he's giving you a reason as a gangbanger, as a dangerous city. He's giving you a reason. Okay, let's go get this dude. He's giving you a reason, but you're still not, you still fall back, mm-hmm. right? He just gave you a reason so that he should incentivize you. So even when someone incentivizes you to do something because he's killing our people and you are the street protectors, protectors of street, you guys are the gangsters, you guys are the hardest, hardest people you know, in the street and, and nothing's happening. That's because psychologically we know that like, hey, yo, like they off limits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. Again to, again to, I know what I'm looking for, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know where that white man live. I don't know what his neighborhoods are. I don't know what that is. I know, again, if I'm black and I'm successful and I live in a certain city, I know what city you move to. If I'm black and I'm poor, I know what city you could be living in. Mm-hmm. But it, because that's, we are, at the end of the day, we're black. The only thing we have in common is that we're black. This is why I think that racism is something that's going to always exist. Because no matter what, no matter how poor I am or no matter how rich I am, Diddy and, that, and the black homeless man on the corner got something in common. They black. They black. So when it comes to the when it comes to a white man and he does some i don't know where he go home at night i don't know what neighborhood he lives in for sure i have no idea so but you know you know you can you can you can ask three people that can help you find out whoever whatever black person live in america you can find out what neighborhood they live in by asking probably about three people you could get there <laughs> that's, that's crazy you could get there <laughs> that's so real though you could find out that's but wild. I feel like it's just like it's just such a separation outside of the just the fear of of what could possibly happen if I harm this white person. It's like, yo, I don't know where he's at. I don't know what his car looks like. I know if you got money and you black, I know a car you driving. It's rich white men who drive Priuses. I know as a black rich man, you're not driving no Prius. Or I know that for a fact. Yeah. Or F1 or be in the truck. I know for a fact Diddy doesn't own a Prius. Yeah. I know it for a fact. Never seen his cars. But I know who I would be if I was him. Mm-hmm. I just think it's such a separation in in races that it's like, ah, man, it's more of a headache to do something to this guy because it's just so much that comes with this. Like, I don't know. I know what the investigation process is going to be for you as a black man. Like you said, Duke, like, it may not necessarily be nothing's going to happen, but you know what the first in the first 48, you know, <laughs> you know, bruh, mm-hmm. you know what that process looks like. So I just yeah. think the whole process is just totally different. Now, is that an injustice in itself? I think that's a conversation that we can definitely have. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll have to break that one down. But mm-hmm. I think that's where the injustice lives in itself is even the judicial system works like that. Like, look. We treat these situations like this. We treat these situations like this. And we treat these situations like this. Yeah. So I think that's where the injustice just lives. Not only in the lack of fear of, of harming a white person, 
but it's just like I don't know what that process really like. Yeah. I don't really know what the process is like. Yeah. I don't know what happens after yeah. after after I do the crime, I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not saying that we should go out and arm white people just to justify, just to balance it out. I'm not saying that. Um but fellas, is there anything else you guys got? Nah, man, I'm good, man. Cool, cool. So guys, really appreciate you guys for watching and listening uh to this episode. I think the takeaway, man, we really want you guys to just be safe and we want we like we care about our community, we care about our culture, and we want to see all of us live a long life, you know, and and so we got to start making, you know, smart decisions and keeping ourselves out of bad situations and, and, and bad environments because it's hard enough being a black person. You know, there's so many things that we're fighting day in and day out. So we got to do the extra to keep ourselves safe and, and, and you know, alive because so many people count on us. Uh, so just keep keep that in mind. Be mindful of that as you guys go through your week. And um you know, make sure you guys follow us on all social platforms. Call, follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Hit the website. Also, get check your out merch. check out Nice and Neat, the podcast dot com. Get your merch. Uh, make sure you follow myself on Instagram at Duke Follow Jalan at Just Jalan and Omar at Omar Bowden. Um, and make sure you share with this friend. Share, share this with a friend. All right, please, please share with a friend. We got a ton of value, uh, meaningful conversations, and we need you guys to help us grow. So please share with a friend right now. Uh, comment what you thought about the episode. Comment your favorite part. And uh, we will see you uh, next week. All right. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. This is another episode of Nice and Neat, and that's that on that. Peace. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old and I don't got no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road, or else get left behind. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's.